With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. the meeting. Hello.
about an hour. <clears throat> la, 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 la. Rigzoid. That's word of the restream chat.
That's so crazy when that program is taking up so much. Yo.
Mr. Hi, Freak, how's it going? Doing good. Can you, uh, can you see and hear me okay? I'm not sure if you can hear me, Derek. Can you hear me? Can I hear you even? Goodbye.
All right, <clears throat> we should be good to go now. All right, so let me do that. You can hear me good? I can hear you, and uh, can you hear me okay? Yeah, great. All right, so...
went through the intro and everything. Everything was playing, but it wasn't coming through on Facebook. Let me just go directly live. It's not something's up with today, man. Well, listen, Derek, it's no problem. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to wait where you try and sort this out, but I'm also happy to reschedule if that's going to work better. It, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've got, I've, I've got everything set up. I don't, I don't know why it's not coming through. Just give, let me, let me try it one more time, or we should be. Good. I'm just going to try to go directly versus going through a third party. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thanks for joining us with another exciting episode of the Truth Seeker Podcast. Finally got all this stuff up and running. I know today is going to be a very special episode. I'm going to be joined by my good friend, Tim Freak, and we're going to be 
speaking about the deep awake state and different techniques to stay in that that meditative state and in the power of now to create the life that you want for yourself and make things happen. So this is really powerful. And this is what all of our shows are about, about being in the now moment, because that's the only moment that we have. So I'm really excited about this episode. And I know when, when things start going squirrely, I, I put his image up on YouTube and, and, and started promoting the show. As soon as I did that, YouTube gave me a copyright strike and said that I, it was against the terms of service and all kind of stuff. So really strange. So if you're not, if you're seeing this on YouTube later on and not live, that's why. Well, not streaming on YouTube because I got a strike and I'm not able to do so. So I'm glad now we can focus on iTunes and Facebook and other stuff like that. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring on the guest. He's been waiting patiently while I try to get this mess sorted out, man. Thank you for your patience, brother. I'm, uh, I'm delighted to be here. Man, thank you so much. So you got a lot of books under your belt. That's one of the things you have a lot of resources, a lot of materials. And I heard you on the Freeman show and you were talking about the deep awake state and these different states that we go through throughout life. And I've been there, I've come out of it. And that's kind of what you were touching on a little bit that I wanted to go into about how to stay in that state. And, and so one thing that you mentioned with, with Freeman was about the newness of it. And so I know a lot of times when there's information that comes, when we uh, explore the dream state, the astral realms and stuff, it's all new and we're excited and blown away and it changes our vibration. And we're kind of walking in this, everything's new. Everything is spiritual. We see things differently, but then sometimes bills kick in, family, stress, depression, punches you in the face and brings you back to reality. How do we stay in that state because you because you said that we could how do we stay in this place of it's new all the time and we feel the euphoria from the love of god or the kundalini we we can stay in that state right how do we do that man that's i think that's what people need to stay in because people it's like a it's like a roller coaster sometimes well i i think i think we need to think about it very carefully because i think you can you can easily mistake this the idea that you can stay in a permanent state like like you know you're there and da -da, and, <laughs> euphoria all the time yeah uh, yeah and and I not only do, do I not think it's possible I don't think it's desirable um so what I was saying previously I can't remember what I said but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't meant to imply that because one of the things that I suppose that happened for me is that's well, when I was your age and younger uh, I was very much coming into a spiritual uh, situation in my culture where that where we'd inherited a lot of Eastern ideas and with this there was this idea of this permanent enlightenment and having been around it now for many many decades uh, that has gone and the people that I met that were enlightened turned out not to be and uh, <laughs> it, it, I've, I have a very different perspective so the first thing is look there is the first thing is just there is this deep awake state and what characterizes the deep awake state is a shift in consciousness where it's unique, I'm sure, to everyone, but there's there's common threads which are found throughout history and around the world, which is where I've written all these different books on all these different spiritual traditions. There's a human state, and that human state is when you are super alive, and with that comes a profound sense of communion and oneness, and a a confidence, a very deep knowing of something, and and the knowing that the way I would say it is that that life is, that this is okay. 
that despite all of the horrors and the bills and the things which are really not that okay, underneath, what we're in here is good and, and matters. And, and then most important of all this that you mentioned, this love, and sometimes also beautiful euphoria, you know, I, these, this, this feeling of uplifted spirit, which is quite, I mean, it's just exquisite. Now, I do feel it's very important to, well, for many people, it's like, you know, the first time. I, I'm, I, I'm with many people who experience this for the very first time, and it's a very big shift. And then it's important to get to know the state and return to it, to, to find it whenever you can. Um, because as you do that, what happens is not that you stay in one state. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know what it's like for you, but when I am in that deep euphoria side, I couldn't deal with my accounts yeah. or my mortgage or like, that's just not going to happen or my kids indeed. So it's not about being permanently blissed out. It's more for me anyway, about having access to this deep state when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. So when I was younger, my experience was waking up. Oh my God. Oh, lost it. And then, <laughs> oh, I hate this and I hate this. And then, oh my God. And, and I hate this. Exactly and I hate this. right. And then, and then what's changed over the decades isn't that I'm permanently like this, you know, or that I'm super enlightened or I've become sort of uber being or anything. Nothing like that's happened. What's happened is much more interesting is that this deep state is always accessible now. Mm-hmm. So that if I put my attention on it, it's there. Now, but that doesn't mean that it, if I sink into it, it can become that ecstatic place. Yeah. But, but that's always not the right thing to do. Okay. But it, it, I, I don't lose it anymore. And, that, and the secret to it is, I mean, it sounds banal. People want a magic bullet. Oh, you, you know, cross your fingers and just go breathe through your nose five yeah. times every day. <laughs> it, it's much more obvious. It, the way you get to that point is you just pay it attention. Yeah. It's like anything else, you know, you, you're doing this uh, and you do it well because you've done it enough times and you've paid it attention. If you play a musical instrument, the first time you pick it up, you can't really play it. How do you learn to play? You just keep playing. Keep doing it. And if you do it enough times, it becomes familiar. Yeah. We talk about a lot of times, like all the world religions, I don't know about all of them, but the majority that have a spiritual practice and have this spiritual ecstasy within their practice, even if it's not in the holy books, like it kind of turns into maybe a church service and the music is playing and you're in that state and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you feel one with God and nothing else matters and the bills don't matter and just love and God and I'm accepted for who I am. Like this is the same thing we're talking about, whether it's the Kundalini or it's, uh, you know, something that you feel during yoga or just being mindful. And so with something like Christianity, uh, someone who goes to church every week, they have this routine yeah. of like, if I have a, a week that is crazy and I barely made it through the week, Sunday or Wednesday, I'm going to get back to this place of yeah. the euphoria of God loves me, let him pour his love out on me and feel it and get back there. You, on the other hand, have um, meetings that you hold and it's not really a religious ceremony or a religious meeting, but it, it teaches people to be in that presence of God or the presence of oneness and feel the euphoria of love. So if someone who doesn't have 
a, re- a religious uh, routine every week, how would we do that? Is it just find time yeah. when we can? Or would, I yeah. mean, what, really you know, what would you say? Question. Really great questions. Before I answer it, I'm going to give you a little quote. I can't remember if I mentioned this to Freeman or not. It's one of my favorite quotes. So it do, does come out every, every now and again. I, I just love it. It's from, um, uh, from uh, Thomas More, the American um, writer. He's a Jungian and he wrote Care of the Soul. Lovely, lovely man. Um, I adore him. And in one of his books, he had this line, which I just love. And I love it. Uh, really, because it's got words in I would never normally use, like, <laughs> absolute and unforgiving. I never use these words. But in this context, I'll just throw the quote at you. And I think it's really captures something. And he said at one point, the soul has an absolute and unforgiving need for regular excursions into enchantment. I love that. The soul has an unforgiving and absolute need for regular excursions into enchantment. And that's what you're talking about. We don't live in the enchanted state. And it's yeah. right, we don't. We need to move between states. No one's awake all the time. Literally, you know, in the Dalai Lama goes to sleep at night. You know, the, 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 our level of consciousness is fluctuating all the time. It's getting late here. You know, in a few hours, I'll be feeling tired. I might just want to watch some TV for half an hour and relax with my wife. I'm not going to be like, it's just going to be like, oh, right now I just need to chill. And that's okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's fine. But like you said, what you need to build in is regular excursions into enchantment so that you just remember on a regular basis. And if you, if we do that, then the journey stays alive. If we don't do that, the journey goes black and white, doesn't it? It goes dead. And suddenly you're caught in it and it's on top of you and you've forgotten you're alive and being alive doesn't sound very good. So how do you make sure that you stay in touch? That's where you need either a community or a practice. Now, the great thing with what's happening now is that these communities and practices can involve online connection, like exactly like we're doing now. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your locality. It doesn't have to be, well, what's on offer? The religion you were born into. No more. Now everything is on offer. So you yeah. can find the thing that's right for you. And what I offer is a way of connecting physically when we can with people, but also through these other things, which allows you to develop a practice of remembering. And the, the things which I teach, and you can go out right now if people are interested and download a meditation, which will take you half an hour in, in the short ones too, if you haven't got long, you know, which you can do whatever you want, and it will take you to this deep wake state. And if you get used to it, and in fact, there's loads of them on that, because it, what it's about is about paying attention to your deepest being. It's about learning to notice who you are beyond your body. And, and that's easy. There's this deeper level to us, isn't there? You know, there's this body you can see right now waving at you. There it is. And then what, but actually there's something behind that. There's psyche what used to be called soul yeah mind imagination there's something which is a which is on another level it's not made of matter but it's connecting with you these words are coming from it so you're aware of that and then this deep thing that you're that that really marks out all of the mystical traditions all the deep traditions is that there's a there's even a level beyond soul which gets called spirit or numa or naus or atman in in the east or buddha nature doesn't matter what you call it. And that's your, that's your, your being, which is your deep being as the experiencer of this moment. And, and the deep meditation is about paying that attention 
And when you pay that attention as, and as you learn how to do that, the deep awake state just arises of itself. There's nothing in the way. You don't have to get rid of your ego. You don't have to mortify your body, everything. You just let yourself be as you are. You're fine. In fact, appreciate yourself as you are. Mm-hmm. And just notice this deep, deep level to your being, which is the witness. It's awareness itself, witnessing this moment. And if you, can, if you, if you find a way through meditation, and that's what I can, can offer, to come back into that deep being, there's this profound oneness and this incredible all-embracing love, which just, it's just there, waiting to be discovered. What are some of the other things that you're able to pull out of that state? Because it's almost like you commune with your higher self, like there's something watching over you or, or guiding you that knows what, what you need, what your life journey is supposed to be. And when you go into that state, you get insight about what to do. And if you go deep enough, how to do it, you, you get the steps and things like that. Um, that's beautiful because we're able to pull things out. We go in, pull things out, bring it into manifestation in our reality, which is beautiful uh, practice. And I, I, you know, I find myself teaching people that all the time and doing it, but, and and we we talk about it, like it is this enchanted state, which it is, and there's a need for it, I believe. But what about the people who don't go to that state and they're able to do those things just fine, which is have a career, being, uh, you know, creativity, you know, walking their destiny and their calling. And they have never even stepped a foot in that realm or not on purpose. Maybe they have. Maybe they, you know, throughout life they've been. You know, yeah, maybe they have. And I think this is a key thing that one of the. You know, I've been around, I, I, I had a spontaneous awakening when I was 12, and I've been involved in spirituality one way or another ever since. So that's a long time now. As I'm getting older, you can see by my beard, <laughs> I'm, you know, getting old now. And so it's been quite a few decades for me. And my relationship in that time with spirituality has changed considerably because I, you know, it, 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 it annoys me quite a bit now <laughs> <laughs> because it seems very stuck. And one of the things is, is that, it sees this awakening as only happening to people who read spiritual books or do spiritual practices. You know, people often say to me, who was your greatest teacher? And when I answer, you know, if I answer that with real honesty, my deepest teacher was my mum, who didn't read spiritual books, didn't think about philosophy, uh, but just naturally inhabited this deep awake state and was full of love and everyone saw it and was totally giving, and you could just tell. And, and she taught me it was natural. Now, for me, I've come at it through books and writing books and reading and meditation and Tai Chi and ayahuasca and God knows what, everything I could lay my hands on. But she didn't. She came at it a completely different way. And so what, what I see is that this awakening, which is happening, is natural, and it happens to people anyway. So that we're, the, it doesn't require a spiritual tag because it can just occur anyway. Now, those who are drawn to spirituality, we're drawn because we want to consciously engage with the process. And good for us. That's great. But make no mistake about it. The most awake people, person you might meet may not even think about any of this. Yeah. Because the telltale sign really is the love and that sense of, of connection with something bigger than themselves which can go very deep. 
and they've done it throughout their life, either knowing can it be, you know, and people can discover it. And so, so that there, there really is, you know, you can come at it through all these different spiritual traditions and you can come at it through no spiritual tradition <laughs> because it's inherent to what life is. Yeah. That's the big, like enigma of it all is like, we, we, we teach to go in to those States and pull stuff out. But I'm like, people are, you know, people who aren't drawn to that, they're probably just like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't need all of that, but it's, it's what works. It works yeah, for see, me. That's you the know? key thing. You know, the important thing it feels to me is that each person has the, uh, the deep self empowerment to follow the thing, which is right for them. Cause every soul is different, you know, has yeah. a different past, has a different agenda. And mine is, I mean, I love philosophy. I love all of this. I suspect yours might be too, but not everyone. So what, what we need to do is contribute in this way. And if we're doing our best to manifest what is best in our souls to the world, then we can help other people do the same, even though they may be coming at it a very different route. So mm -hmm. I see my experience is very much like it sounds like yours is, which is if the more I have cultivated this deep wake state, uh, not as something, again, for me, it's not really a spiritual practice anymore. I do it because I like it. <laughs> I do it because it's fun. I do it because it's, yeah. it's what, what else would you want to do? It's like, do you want to live half a life? The older I get, the more alive I need to be because you I just agree. think, I've got to be that long left, so I'm going to make the most of this. Yeah. And so I want to be alive as much as I can. I want to be as creative as I can. And these are the same thing. The more, when I'm awake, I, I'm in touch with the creativity of the universe. So no surprising, I can see things in a different way. When I'm not so awake, then it's, I'm much more likely to be caught in repetitive patterns. Yeah. And it looks like, oh, I've got no way out. I'm just stuck in this thing. And yet the minute <laughs> I'm awake, it's like, well, there's a million possibilities. Yeah. And, and like you said, you, you think it doesn't, the, the, the mind, in spirituality, one of the things that pisses me off about it is that it has a real down on the mind. Often you'll hear the mind's a problem or just stop thinking. I, I, I don't know what people are talking about. Yeah. You know, the mind is a beautiful thing. Yeah. But like everything, it can be very repetitive and bleh, or it can be lucid and clear and full of insight. And, and that's what happens when you enter a more awake state. The mind becomes this source of, you know, that lovely, oh, my God, look at it like this. Oh, God, I've just thought we could do this. Or, and that experience of insight. And, and behind it all, don't you think, it's so important to have a, a confidence. It's actually faith in its deeper sense, not faith in a set of dogmas, but faith in life, a real faith that makes you, enables you to take a risk because you know that it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Even if you fail, even death yeah. is okay. Yeah. And if you, if you, when you see that, when you, when you realize that, you know, even death is okay, then you're free to actually live. That's the most profound experience that I had, even as a believer, right? Like, you know, growing up in a Christian church and having my ecstatic encounters in that system. Um, and then, you know, the whole thing about Christianity, a lot of people come to it to kind of know where they're going to go when they die and have this, you know, security in place. But even then on a um, really strong psilocybin uh, encounter, I went to that place where you go when you die. Like that was the, the was what, what was communicated. This is where you're going to go and it's okay. It's different. There's no humans here. There's energy, but you're, you're here, but there, it's energy. And it was, it was scary, but it was beautiful. And then overcame that fear of death through this really strong psychedelic 
experience. So, and I used to, I used to tout on, um, being able to, um, achieve those states without, um, psychedelics or ayahuasca and oh, you don't need that you could do it through these strong states of meditation and things right and which i still believe but I, I think that those deep ayahuasca encounters or psilocybin encounters are needed and it is something almost totally different like it's not the yes. same thing right yes. Yes. what was yes. your like big awakening when you were 12 did it include the um, no, I, I was very, I was very lucky. I mean, I was just, I used to sit on this hill uh, as a, as a boy, looking at uh, just this small town in the southwest of England where I, where I grew up and where I still live, pretty close. The, and just looking at all these adults running around and thinking, why are they pretending they know what's going on? Because clearly they don't. Because we're in the middle of this breathtaking mystery. That I mean, I, my feeling from as long as I can remember was I'm alive. And first and foremost, I have to know why. I want to know what this is, what I want to do, what I have to do with it, what's important, why is it like it is, all those questions. And, and, and I couldn't understand why anyone, I still don't, if I'm honest, I still don't understand why anyone doesn't ask those questions. Every day, I, every day I wake up and, and there it is, I'm alive <laughs> again. What the hell is this? What is it? What's going on? There's these you know, sensations and thoughts and feelings and story and what the hell is going on? And then the universe goes on forever and you look up into the sky and it's a hundred billion galaxies and yeah. so mysterious. How could you not be o overcome by it? Yeah. And yet I look around me and I see the vast majority of people that don't seem to notice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as a kid, that was obvious. And I think what happened to me now, I didn't know what happened when I was young, was that I went so deep into that mystery that it, as it always does, if you go deep into the mystery, it triggered an awakening. And the next thing I know, there's this, oh my God, the whole universe is full of love. I'm crying. There's this profound oneness, this immense sense of goodness and a feeling like, oh my God, I've, the feeling that I can remember was, oh my God, I found the answer that I'm, that I need. It's just not words. It's beyond words. Yeah. It's, it's an experience. And that's what I came down from. And for me, it wasn't, you know, wasn't on drugs. So I didn't have a connection with that at that time. I explored them later. Um, I, I wasn't in a church, although I did grow up with a church and I nearly became a friar twice when I was older. But in that seminal moment, you know, I wasn't meditating. I was just sitting on a hill. And I was a kid sitting on a hill. And so for me, there's always been that sense that this is accessible and natural. It doesn't need to be through some fixed form yeah and the more i've gone into it the more i found it everywhere you can find it through yeah. drugs or ayahuasca for sure and you can find it through meditation yeah. and you can find it through ecstatic dance you know or you can just find it anyway without you know like just feeling the sun on your back that's that's like the powerful thing about it because once you remove the guru from the religions and know that you don't need um, anything outside of yourself, like maybe people listen to this and they hear, you know, hear us talk about the ayahuasca or the psilocybin and they're like, I'm not going to have my awakening until I have that. But the power behind it is almost like it says in, in the scriptures that the kingdom of heaven is within you and you don't. And, and so that births this feeling and notice within you that you don't need anything outside of yourself, that all you have to do is kind of go within and even when we talk about meditation, maybe some beginners would be like, okay, how do I meditate? What do I focus on? But 
to kind of break that down is you don't even need that ceremony or that ritual of like meditation. You could just be going about your day and stop and focus on your breathing and bring all of your attention to the now moment, wherever you are, people get overwhelmed in their day to day where they can't just create this special place of meditation to go in for 30 minutes or so, but you can stop and you can focus on your breathing. And for what it, what it does for me is it pulls me out of the autopilot. I get on auto, autopilot and days and weeks go by and I'm not conscious. I'm just in the routine of, of work, of, of rest, of work, of entertainment. And I was like, man, I haven't went, went into that state. I haven't brought my attention to the breathing or to the grass or the nature around you, which can easily like that. And you don't have to go in. You just stop and just focus just that one moment. And there it is. You have it within you. You need nothing outside of you. That's the beauty of it. It really is. And, 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 and then what we offer each other from the outside is what, what I try and do is I go, look, I've had, a, I've had the luxury of I've been a very, very lucky life. Uh, I've been able to experience this very deeply, write about it, da, da, da. So anything I can offer to others before I pass off to the next bit of the adventure, I would like to do that. Nothing special about me. We're all exactly the same. That's the point. And the whole point for me when people come to my retreats is they leave feeling empowered, not leave feeling like, oh, Tim's great. It's like, well, I hope they think I'm great. I think they're great. But (laughs) the point point is they feel, oh, I got it in me. Yeah. Because that's where you find it. And it's not, it's because because the thing you're looking for is your deep being. And, And the great secret at the heart of every mystical tradition is it turns out your deep being is one with my great deep being and every, everything, the being of everything. So when you hit that, the depths of yourself, you're, so you're like on the surface, we're like individual, like waves on an ocean, but go to the depths and it's one ocean. Mm-hmm. And so that's where when you, as you cultivate a familiarity with the depths of your being, there's this oneness. And then the love is how the oneness feels. When you, when you, when you know that we're all one, there's this incredible love and not love in some it's not like just pink fluffy love it's like really strong powerful support you in the most awful suffering love Mm -hmm. and and it's a love which can carry you and go right into the darkest you know i was talking about my mum recently well my mum died a few years back and being with her through all of that cancer and that was like ah but that love was still there to sustain us both and even though it was horrendous on one way, it was also beautiful and kind of strangely magic and as well. It was both of those things. So, so my contribution and the thing which, which may be of use to people in my book, Deep Awake, and in my talks and meditations, is to, is to try and take, having studied all of these different spiritual traditions, is go, how can we develop a philosophy for now which can speak directly to what we need to wake up and how we need to think about things, which cuts through all of that kind of Eastern mysticism, which is, is to do with another culture. It's deep, but it can be very confusing <laughs> totally. and, and can cut through through the kind of deadness of sometimes of our Western tradition, and, and, but find its essence and then bring it to life in a new form. And really the last 10 or 15 years, that's what I've been doing, my friend. I've been, been developing a new 21st century approach to awakening. And the great thing is it works. And, I, and because I've now been with 
oh, I don't know what it is, probably thousands, a, lo- a lot of people in, ev- in countries all over the world where I've seen people wake up for the first time or if they've woken up before and lost it, find it again in a very deep way. Uh, and so that I'm getting to the point now where, I mean, I'm, I'm nervous to say it because it sounds a bit much, but it's all, I do kind of feel like, look, every single person who comes can experience this deep awake state so profoundly, they feel the love in every pore in their body. They just know. It's so powerful. If they give themselves over to the experiment. Uh, yeah, experience. and they just get yeah. it. They just get it. And you just mm-hmm. see you know, people arrive and they're like, oh, can I get it? Can I get it? And then they just get it. Yeah. And, it and, and it's nothing to do with me. It's to do with all of us. We take each other there. And then, of course, that doesn't stay like that. Nothing stays like that. Yeah. But once you've had it, you've had it, you know. And then you've got somewhere to return to. Exactly. That's a really important thing. That's, but it could happen a... now. I mean, it could happen to people just listening to this. You know? <laughs> my feeling, honest to goodness, my yeah. feeling is if you say you want it, yeah. Life will find a way to give it to you. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And, and when people say, oh, I lose it, I can't stay awake, my feeling is, are you paying attention? It's a bit like sitting with a guitar in the corner and going, I still can't play. And it's like, well, how often do you pick it up? Yeah. <laughs> but if you want, and the reason, I, the reason I've had so much experience of it is because when I was very young and all the way through my life, I really wanted it. I, I, it was like really high on my list, the top. I want this. I want to know what life is. I want to know who I am. I want to experience that deep awake state, that oneness, that love. That's I, whatever it takes. And of course, what life did was gave me loads of opportunities to experience it. Yeah. That's one thing that I can't say against organized religion, such as Christianity, because it's almost like they're preserving that. And my, my heart, I'm in, in, in all of the, um, things that happen in, in like a charismatic or open church service, as far as like speaking in tongues or, you know what I'm saying? What is it called? Um, glossala, like there's something that's practiced by every religion and, th- and they're still doing it. So there's a beauty in like, it's still being preserved. It's still teaching you to listen to the rhythm of the drum and go into hypnosis. Even they won't teach it like that. Like it is that they're still, with uh keep in touch with that primitive side of our being of something that's been practiced ever since we were were here to go into those states man and to to go in there and come out with tears and go out come come out crying and stuff like that like what's the parallels that you've seen because i mean because i i totally believe it's the same thing when you when you feel that euphoria I, i felt it in the christian church and i felt it during during kundalini yoga it's yep. the same thing. People get yep. pissed at me in religion for saying that the Holy Spirit is the Kundalini and it's the same thing. Right. But that, that so, euphoria, so that, there's, the, there's the difference. There's the difference. If there is one, which is not that they, they are different. It's just that people are involved in something which is a rigid dogma. Yeah. Think it, that's it. Whereas as you explore, you realize, Oh, it's all it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's all it. It's and, all and, saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all, but the, each one has a different tone of voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one probably has a different problem that it hasn't dealt with. No, yes. And an obstacle, which is if you get into it, you'll find, oh, well, that's not quite right, is it? <laughs> each one's evolving. Yeah. Each one you can get trapped in. Each yeah. one you need to move beyond. Yeah. And, and, and so the key thing is you making the journey. 
And my feeling is, you know, that I was involved with, like I said, I almost, I almost joined a Franciscan friary when I was younger. I thought that I'm very close to doing that. I also had an Indian guru who at the time I thought was God. It turned out he wasn't. Um, you know, I'd be, and, but I'm so grateful for each step because each yeah. step took me further. The key thing is to keep moving, I think, to, to trust your own intuitions, but, but try and avoid, to begin with, it's hard but it gets easier. Try and avoid thinking, oh, this is it. Whatever it is, that, that the, the fake ar- arriving yeah. is the only thing which stops you traveling. Yeah. As soon as you think you've arrived, you'll stop traveling. You're as as- absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's working. I'm good. I learned everything I need to know. Yeah. Time to implement it without yeah. still going back to that state. Yeah, and, and you you have know, to it's keep going. always yeah. fresh, isn't it? You know, there's always a new challenge. There's yeah. always... How can you love in this moment? How can you love in this moment? Okay, now, you know, I've just been through a whole lot of things with my accountant, like my worst nightmare. Ah, money and <laughs> tax and yeah. I hate all of that. And then what do you know? It's come my way. So then it's like, well, how can you deal with that and, and not get lost? Mm-hmm. And, and each one becomes like, and, and, you, and I slip over and I get up and I, you know, there's a great, there's a great description by one of my mentors when I was younger, who, who is now much, much older, Ramdas, um, the uh, American teacher who was with Tim Leary with all of the LSD. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I remember him just saying in his experience, the spiritual path was step, fall, up, brush, step, fall, up, brush, yeah. step, fall. And it's like, yeah, that's so rather than it being about why aren't I in anything the whole time? actually saying, look, the reason we're not in it the whole time is because you're evolving. Yeah. And evolution means you move forward. And moving forward means you see things you haven't seen before. So, you know, when I was young, I wanted to be right. Now I want to be wrong because every time I'm wrong, I learn something. Yeah. And, and something new opens up. And be okay with that, too. That's a yeah. huge level. Really? Uh, no, I can't be wrong. And that's what's, that, that, that's, that's what's so beautiful about what you're doing is so innocent is that you're not trying to get the followers. You're not trying to build the cult. You're not trying to say, okay, next week I'll be back and you guys have to come to me. It's like, you got, no, I've given you what you need. Go out and give it to others. Almost like Jesus making the disciples, sending them out to teach everyone else, you know, versus that's like, sweet. okay, guys, come back. I have something more for you. It's like, no, I'm giving you something within yourself. And there's such an innocence to that because that's not taught by the other religions. Like we have to have the people who come and eat from us and we give them only enough to bring them back next week or, or whatever. And so that they're reliant on us. And then when people are in that system and they see that their guru or their leader is, is a regular human like they are and that person falls or they see them in a different light, many people lose faith in what they were taught because their leader fell or something like that. But yeah. what you're teaching is something that's independent for each of us to go out and do it ourselves. That's, that's where the innocence is. And it's okay to be wrong. I don't have all the answers, but I'm giving you a technique that does. Like if you go to this special place, it's called in, 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 in the scriptures, it's, it's, talk, it's called the secret place. To go into the secret place and, and, and pray, spend time with your heavenly father, and you, you'll know things uh, I think it's uh, Jeremiah 33, three says, come, it says, come into this place and I will show you things that you do not know and cannot find out. 
And that's what's beautiful to me because we go into this place to commune with, with the one. Well, and we, we learn things that we will never learn studying a thousand years and stuff nobody's even speaking on. Like we go into the state and pull out stuff like, where did I get this from, you know? That makes me want to uh, um, share with you or, or try out for people that are listening. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from the Gospel of Thomas, the Gnostic Gospel. Because, you know, we talked about, you know, for me, this meditation, whatever you want to call it, is simply looking at what is. So you look at what is and what is, is the moment. That's your coming into the moment. That's what is, isn't it? Have a look. <laughs> there it is. But also at oneself, to know yourself. So that's seeing, oh, look, I'm a body. There I am. Really appreciate you. Yeah. Like, Whoa, yeah, yeah, body. Feel the air on my skin there. Oh, it's, it's, we're having a heat wave. That's all sweaty. That's interesting. <laughs> look, oh, drips. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. What's that? Mm. You know, breathing. Oh, that's interesting. How does that feel? Wow, pretty amazing, actually, when you pay attention. So that's body. Yeah. And then it's like, then there's soul. Then there's another dimension. Here it is right now. It's the dimension, you know, in body, Tim's making funny noises. That's what's happening in body. But in soul, in the imagination, there's meaning. And, I, and I'm sending meaning to you. I'm moving my mouth and sending you meaning. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? Mm. And you're hearing meaning. And we're connecting soul to soul right now. That's incredible. So you explore soul. And like, wow, that's interesting. All these thoughts. What are thoughts and, and images? And, and then there's this other thing, being, spirit, pneuma. And, and it's pointed to, there's, there's a lovely line in the, in the Gospel of Thomas, which reminded me of the thing he said from Jeremiah, but it's kind of even more. Uh, Jesus says, I will reveal to you what cannot be seen, what cannot be heard, what cannot be touched, and what cannot be imagined. And it reminds me, what I love it is it reminds me of a quote from the Upanishads, which is like five or even more hundred years earlier. And in the Upanishads, it's almost the same, but it's like a, a uh, koan or a, you know, it's a riddle. Mm -hmm. In the Upanishads, it says, what is it that cannot be seen, which makes seeing possible? What is it that cannot be heard that makes listening possible? What is it that cannot be touched, which makes touch possible? What is it that can't be imagined which makes imagination possible. And what I love about those is I think what they're pointing to is our own deep being. And, yeah. and our deep being is what's looking, but it hasn't got any shape and it's got no color. It, everything that's got a shape or a color is what it's looking at. But the thing itself, being, awareness, doesn't have any color, doesn't have any shape. It, it makes no noise. It's what's listening but it makes no noise. It's what's feeling touch, but you can't touch it. It has no, f so the, the, the deep mystical teaching at the heart of all of these different religions that I've written about, one of the deep teachings is your deepest being has no form to it. It's not in your experience. Now these are really deep ideas, but when you get it, you're seeing that what you are right now your, your body's in your experience, your soul's in your experience, that's your individuality, but your being is before your experience. It has no form. It just is. It has no other qualities. It just is. So you tune into, there's a, there's a fantastic mystical text in the Christian tradition 
called The Cloud of Unknowing. It's a medieval text. And it talks about the need to become conscious of your naked being, just that you are. Not that you are this or you're that, but just that you are, your I am. And if you take your attention and sink it back, another wonderful text the, called The Stranger, it's a very early Gnostic te text. And it says in The Stranger, the, the, the goddess of wisdom says to the, to the stranger, take your, take your attention to the rear or behind all your activity, behind all your experience, and just be conscious that you are. And in deep meditation, you can do it with your eyes open, you can do it right now, or, but particularly you can close down the senses and retreat right back into your being. And there's this vast ocean of being. And suddenly there's this experience of vast oneness, an oceanic being, which has just been there the whole time. It's just you didn't notice it before. And you didn't notice it because you were it looking out into experience. And the difference is now you're it reflecting back on yourself mm -hmm. and seeing that you are this field of being. You are this enormous presence, a bit like you are the dreamer of this dream. And then you see that your being is one with all being because it's formless. There's no barriers. Yeah. There's no cutoff points. And that's when the love just, there it is. And it cuts in. The love comes into the body and, and, and there's that, what you call the ecstatic or the, <laughs> State, just it's state, yeah. yeah. Um, it's naturally there. So there's a lot of studying out there, and I know you're saying not to try to be in that state because we couldn't get anything accomplished. There was a there was a point in time, and I'm pretty sure many people still believe that that that's the goal is to get there and stay there. But <clears throat> it was I'm like sorry, I do think it's great to want to do that, mm -hmm. and I encourage, and I think it's a lovely aspiration. I'm just saying it's more subtle than that. It's more fluid. That, yeah. The feeling is, you know, what I want is to make it all accessible. So where do you need to go right now? Do you need to put your attention? You've got this attention. It's fluid, isn't it? You can put it wherever you want. You know, I can put it in my foot. Mm -hmm. I can put it in my nose. I can put it out the window. I can put it in the future. I can put it in the past. I can bring it into the now. Where am I going to put my attention now? What am I going to do with my attention? It's the most precious thing I have. Yeah. Now, if your attention is very limited and you can only move between a few worrying thoughts or doing the same things over and over again, that's not very interesting. But if you can expand it, your where does it want to go? Does it want to go into deep being? Whoa. Does it want to come into thinking? Hmm, let me think. Does it want to come into feeling? Oh. Does it want to be sensation? Whoa. You can f it's fluid. So that you've expanded the range that you can explore. Now, for most of us, the deep states are initially not accessible. Sorry, excuse me. That's... Uh, the, the deep states are not accessible so that we, can't, you know, we need to learn to be able to open them up. But the point is not to stay in one. <laughs> it's rather to have the fluidity that the attention yeah. it can go there. Like I said, when I was younger, I couldn't get back. Yeah. I'd go there and I couldn't get back. Yeah. If, you, if you've become familiar with it, you can get back. Yeah. But that's not because you live there. It's because you, you're moving around. Your attention is able to move around. And you're able to come and go freely. Yeah. Um, so I think what uh, so, some of the studies are saying, and they kind of link that to the flow state. Like once you get in there, then there's this creative process that you're able to go into when you come out of, right? And you're like so linked there because you know it's real and you know who you are. You're, you carry that love with you. And But people are saying that... Um, 
those who try to stay in there, or if you were to stay in there, the state of mind is similar to psychosis or a schizophrenic who is like always in this realm of, of okay, creativity yeah. or not able to kind of uh, connect is, thoughts together yeah. and things like that, you know, it, and you it, can't yeah, stay. My philosophy is what I call paralogical philosophy, which is really about embracing paradox because, because the nature of what we're in is paradoxical. You know, for instance, I've just said, look, I'm a body, which is a thing you can touch, and I'm a formless presence. And I'm both of those at once. <laughs> That's how paradoxical it is. Yeah. Both of those at once. Now, you can get just stuck in your separateness, and that's pretty unpleasant. But equally, you can withdraw into these deep states and lose your humanity. And a lot of that goes on. And you reach, there are clinically uh, described conditions like yeah. depersonalization, mm -hmm. derealization. You know, I've been with people, you know, with most people, I'm there going, hey, wake up. There's something beyond your personality. But for some people, they're just going, I, I, I've got no personality. I'm lost. I, I, I'm just this presence. And it's like, well, no, you're not. You need to get, because that's also a distressing state. You need both. Yeah. Or it's great when you see through and realize, wow, this is like a dream. But when you've only got a dream and it's all unreal, that's horrendous. That's derealization. So it's having both at once. And that's when it's like, oh, I'm Tim. And this is real in its own way. Yeah. And I'm the formless presence dreaming the whole thing. And they're yeah. both true. And either extreme without the other um, is, is kind of disastrous, actually. It's kind of difficult and, and will lead to states of, of, of distress. Yeah, that's, I, I'm assuming that's the yin and the yang, just being yeah. a part of yeah. each world to be. Yeah. Uh, and the great thing about that yin and yang, um, Derek, which is why I love the symbol, is it's in movement. It's not like black and white. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not stuck. It's white. moving. Yeah. It's yeah. Swirling. Moving. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. swirling. It's dynamic. Yeah. Why? Because life's dynamic. Mm -hmm. It's gonna. It keeps changing, doesn't it? Like I said, I'm. Go, I'm in loving this conversation with you, and then I'm gonna go and have a rest. Yeah, I and, heard that. Yeah, and it'll be different. And then I'll go completely unconscious. Yeah, and it's okay. It's okay. That was a big thing for me to get to, man. Like it. It took a, a big leap for me. I talk about it all the time now to where. I can be the guru, like I, I can be the, you know, the spiritual seeker who goes into those realms and receives information and um, speaking poetically and, and things like that and, and helping people get over hurt and trauma and things like that, which I do. But then I can also be the guy who loves to, you know, tell jokes with my family, make them laugh, play video games and just be a regular guy and yeah. to like combine those together. For yeah. me and for many, many gurus, uh, it, it was hard, something hard to do as a level because like people were getting upset. Like, no, you, you know, you can't play video games. You are the guru. You are. I'm like, I am all of it. And it's OK. But to get to that place to where, like, I'm OK with you seeing that side of me or something like yes. I had to hide. Yes. That was a really a hard thing for me to do. That's the key. You know, this paralogical philosophy, the shorthand phrase I use for it is both and not either or. So it's finding both poles and having both. So it's not, you're not either divine or human, you're both. And it's what's, what, I, what I thought would happen, I think, when I was in my 20s, was I thought that if I meditated enough, you know, I gave up enough things, and if I abandoned sex or whatever it was, <laughs> fasted enough, yeah. then I'd, be, I'd wake up, I'd be an Uber being, and you'd be meeting me now, and I'd be like, Doo, and you'd be like, oh my God, I met Tim, and he was, and all that stuff none of that's happened hurrah <laughs> what's actually happened yeah. is i'm conscious of the paradox of my nature 
that I am both this incredible presence of oneness and love, and I'm just Tim. And Tim is a guy who has this particular accent and has this particular past, who is essentially very vulnerable because I'm a, I could die now. And he has qualities that if you hang out with him, you'll really, I think you'll like, and I hope you'll enjoy, certainly for this hour. But if you were with him 24-7, like I am, he would be nuts eventually. And that's, yeah. that's who he is. And he's doing his best. And hopefully he's wiser now than he was. And I'm sure there's a long way to go. And I don't expect that to ever end. Man, there's such an innocence in that, I'm telling you, because they don't teach that in, in the religions, man. They, they teach you that you don't let them see that side of you because then they'll doubt and they'll lose faith and they'll go to somebody else. For some reason, we look for these gurus who can fix us and we can become like them and things like that. And, but then when we see the side of the human side of them, the humanity and that they do put their pants on one leg at a time, or they do (laughs) have those traits that, you know what? I don't like that guy. We lose faith in those people and we move on to another one. And that's the weird place. A lot of seekers are, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the, the irony of all of that is the biggest gift we can give each other is to be what we actually are. Because if we do that, we give other people the permission to be what they are. So if you, if you really pushed me and you said, okay, Tim, you've said that all of these people experience this awakening when they come to your deep awakening retreats, mm-hmm. why? What's the, re- what's the deepest reason? Well, I'd say, you know, it's the philosophy, it's the practices, and I think it is both of those. But the biggest thing, I think the biggest thing is that I set it up right from the start that it's okay to be who you are. And I'm okay being who I am, and I'm not going to try and pretend to be anything other than I am. And I'm not expecting everyone to pretend to be spiritual and put on a certain voice or walk more slowly or to be, you know, be like, uh, just to be. And, you know, so if you're loud and boisterous like I am, be that. If you're quiet, be that. If you're happy, be that. If you're feeling a bit sad right now, be that. And just, and then everyone just relaxes into being who they are. And when that happens, you see other people loving how they are, but loving how everyone else is. You look at everyone else and think, wow, it's great that you're you. That seems so like- simple, man. That se- it seems so simple. Like, yeah, just be yourself. Be who you were created to be. But the, a lot of people who I deal with, and I, you know, I guess I've been, I, I think a lot of it has to do with religion, that you can't be this or you can't like those things and like this. They, they don't mesh or whatever. I just got the phone with, some, with someone yesterday, and, and I'm just, be yourself, man. Be the authentic you, whatever you like do it. You like meditation. You like deep stuff. You like to have a few beers. Fine. Don't be scared of it. Do it. There's nothing wrong with it. But the ideology, man, and the dogma and the schisms that's so deep within religion, man, I I deal with a lot of people and uh, that's the hardest thing to kind of, kind of get over. But that's, what's powerful about your retreats and about going into the now moment is that it's okay. I yeah. love you, like source or God, whatever you call this. I love yeah. you regardless. And I put yeah. those things in you for a reason, man. That's, that's the beautiful part of it, man. And, uh, and, and it's so we, powerful once you know that and you're okay and with we it. Need to, you know, life, life is a wonderful journey, but it's hard. Sometimes there's regular times when, you know, it'll catch you. And we need to, you know, we're not one thing. You could meet me in one phase of my life and you'd think, wow, Tim is yeah. really arrived and you can meet me a fortnight later <laughs> and be like wow tim's, yeah. in, tim's in pieces <laughs> and, totally and right. you know and 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 it doesn't mean that that i'm any lesser before or any greater yeah. you know it's like it's not linear like that yeah you and, have and, to 
we've made this mistake, and it's particularly coming out of America, actually, I think, although mm. Europe's very infected with it, we are here too, that somehow being awake is to do with being happy all the time, or yeah. things always going right. Yeah. Well, if you haven't got what you want, it's your fault. You're not creating the life you want. You, what, you know, that's all superficial. But the, the great heroes of spirituality in the West in the past were not happy all the time, and neither did they get the life they wanted. They yeah. were courageous adventurers. They were people who took on the challenge of being alive and discovering love. Whatever it took. And bits of that, I'm sure, were fantastic, and often bits of it were really tough, and you know, included things like they get called the dark night, or things where it doesn't go well, and you have to go through that. I mean, yeah. One of the great things about Thomas, uh, uh, Joseph Campbell, with his ideas of a hero journey, is you get that, look, some days you're walking through the meadow, other days you're walking through the dark wood. One's not better than the other, they're just different stages on your unique journey. And where someone else is doesn't mean they're better or worse. It just means that's where they are on their journey. And then we can just, which, but the good thing of that means, you know, when I'm lucky enough to be going through the meadow and you're stuck in the, in the wood, I can hold your hand. That's what and it's then when, I, when it, and yeah. when it turns around and I'm the one going, Oh my God, you know, this is awful thing happened to me. You can be there for me. Yeah. No judgment. I'm here holding your hand. Yeah. You know, we're going to open up the phone lines. If anybody has a question for Tim freak, if you have any uh, questions for him, be sure to call in. We've got a few minutes left. Um, what's so powerful about that is about loving them regardless because, and maybe this is just religion, but I deal with a lot of people who are in or coming out of religion. And, uh, but when that person changes, like, okay, here's the, 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 you know, the Tim, who's a guru. I love that guy. He's helped me so much. Here's the, the, the Tim who is telling jokes and laughing every day and, and they can't, you know, connect those together, but I've seen it to where here's the, 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 the healthy spiritual Tim and here's the, the Tim who's battling cancer and yeah. that person change and it changes everything. And I, Oh, I can't, I don't know that person. And they withdraw versus yeah. what you just said to, to, to like, you know what I'm saying? Want to help them, want to be with them because they were there for you. Um, they withdraw when, when that, when that situation changes at all, like they are just used to this constant. That's who I know. But when that person changes, they withdraw even in the most subtle way, like, okay, you said this about this and now you change the way you feel. I'm, I'm done with you. That's a really weird thing. And I'm assuming that it's something in religion or maybe that's something that's deep down within it humanity. Is, I, mean, I think, I think, you know, what I see these days is just different states of consciousness and they're all changing and they're all moving. But so what happens with religion is it, 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 it attracts a certain stage of consciousness. It doesn't matter which religion. It could be Christianity, it could be Islam, it could be yeah. Hinduism. It will attack, it attract a state of consciousness which manifests in that way. And then people will go that for a while until something deep within them goes, no, 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 I need more than this. Or they read the right book or they meet the right person. And then they will, they will see a crack and they will start to go out. And, it, and as you know, for many people, it's a quite a difficult process. You know, I wrote a book um, many years ago called The Jesus Mysteries, which was very controversial. It was a big bestseller. And a lot of people freed themselves from fundamentalist Christianity by reading that book. What really, you know, it was lovely. I got a huge number of emails saying thank you. But uh, uh, too many of them at the end went, but I now my family don't speak to me and neither do any of my friends because, you know, they lost that community in stepping out. So I, I think it's, it's a hard thing to do, but it's a, 
it's a state of consciousness which moves and then out you come. The, the, the key way to avoid the things that you were talking about, I think, well, we've said it, both of us, I'm sure already, it's just authenticity. Yeah. If we just meet, see, for me, when I meet like you now, we meet as life explorers. You know, I'm, I have a different life experience. I'm older. I've got certain things which that may give me, but you've also got a different life experience. Mm. You're younger. That gives you certain things which I haven't accessed. So that there's a fundamental equality between everyone and then this diversity of experience. And we share what we've got. And certainly for me, part of that sharing is I'm going to keep learning. So don't expect consistency. <laughs> expect, you know, uh, one of my favorite lines from Mohandas Gandhi is when he said, my, my commitment is to truth, not to consistency. And don't expect me to say the same thing tomorrow that I'm saying today. If I find something more truthful, yeah. I will say that. Yeah. And, and, we're, and, and, and that's the whole thing about you saying we're changing. Like we're changing about, you know, every three to six months, our cells are dying and being reborn from the, the type of experiences that we've had, the trauma we've been through, and even the food that we're putting in our stomachs, like yeah. we're eat, eating bad and, 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 you know, drinking a lot of alcohol or whatever the case is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be at a certain level. And then the next three months we're dying, being reborn and, and constantly changing. So that, that, that's one thing about as far as like the consistency and, and who we are and just becoming different people. And that's okay. This is part of life. There's a quote that I want to share. I think it kind of goes directly with what we're, we're saying. And this is from Manly P. Hall, which is one of my favorite Ooh. teachers. So he says, uh, the religious experience moves inevitably from the congregational worship towards an inward communion. No matter how desperately sexed and certain creeds attempt to oppose the concept, religion finally becomes a personal spiritual experience. Each person must find their own faith and must find it within that's the key word religious systems may supply us with the instrument of this personal quest but cannot accomplish the quest for us yeah that's right so so you know traditionally i mean it's changing now because the world is so interconnected but traditionally you, well you're you're born into a culture everyone is born into a culture and traditionally there was part of a big part of that culture was whatever religion you were born in so that that gave you the vocabulary with which you could explore explore soul and spirit but for you to make it your own you have to doubt it doubt is what makes us conscious when there's no doubt we stay within our cultural conditioning the only thing that sets you free is doubt, because when you doubt, you take your ideas that you've been indoctrinated with and you do that to them. Now, once you've done that, you can go back to them and go, yeah, I like them. But now they're your idea. Yeah. <laughs> or they were just put in you by someone else. Yeah. Now they're yours. Or you may go, do you know what? That doesn't work for me. But by doubting, questioning, let's use that word. And what strikes me about the, the religious mindset in that negative way that we've been talking about is that you will hear again and again, doubt is a bad thing. Don't doubt, don't doubt. Just yeah. believe, just believe. Because they, because, and that's what's holding everyone back. Yeah. The minute you go, no, of course, question and doubt and explore, make, become conscious, then you can wake up from that and it does become your own. Yeah. And you realize that you will, you will have your own religion. How could you not? You've lived a different life to everyone else. You, 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 you will find your own way. That doesn't mean you can't learn from loads and loads of people. Doesn't yeah. mean you won't call yourself a something, a Christian or a, you know, you can be a, damn it, you can read my books, be a freakist, I don't care. But 
you will still be yourself yeah. and you will have found it for you. And, and in that way, you know, I've, I've been here at the beginning of this conversation going, oh, this deep weight state, it's so love and oneness. But me just saying that doesn't help the person listening. Exactly, exactly. I wish it did, yeah. but it doesn't. And I may be full of baloney. I may be just making all this up. And, and that person has to have their bullshit detector on and go, oh, is he all right? Yeah. Is he talking truth or is he, is he full of, you know, BS? Yeah. And, and, and they have to work that out. My, all I can say is, as one human being to another, this experience in, I, is here. It's waiting for you, and it's much closer than you think. Yeah. It, it's, in fact, it's too close for you to notice. That's true. It's so subtle. And that, that's what's so powerful to me. And, and like in, in church, they always use uh, Thomas as the doubter, and we don't want to be like Thomas, right, in the Scripture, when Jesus comes back. But then you're like, no. Thomas was beautiful. His story is awesome. Like he, he just didn't accept it because everyone else was doing it. Oh, there's Jesus. Yeah. He wanted proof. Like he, he, he like his, his doubt was something beautiful and it saved them. And he wasn't just going to come and, and, and follow what everybody else is following. No, you got to show me, man. I want proof. And that's the proof in the pudding. It's not like to follow the philosophy of, of what we're saying. It's like, no, go for yourself. You can explore these realms. You don't need me. I can help you, but you don't need me. It's something personal and you can go in for, and experience it for yourself. Just like Thomas, man. I think, I think his story is so beautiful. And there's so many I, parallels I, I, to ours. Really funny, in, in my opinion, you know, the gospel of Thomas is my favorite. <laughs> there's some great, there's some great teachings yeah. in there, man. It's lovely. Got some great lines. All right, we got we got a phone call. I'm gonna go ahead and take this phone call. I know Tim's got to go here shortly, but uh, we got a phone call from uh, Northwest Arkansas. Who are we speaking with? It's like you sure I know who this is. Truth this is Hunter. How y'all doing this morning today? Doing Good. great, brother. You got a question uh, or a comment? I do have a question, and so um, I'll just start off shortly for, for Mr. Freak. Yeah, that, that, I did pronounce that right, correct? You did, yes. Outrageously, <laughs> it is my name. <laughs> All right. I, I was afraid it was going to be like, it's, it's Mr. Fork or something like that. So my apologies for asking. But, okay, so I'm fairly new in my spiritual walk. It's like my third eye, in a sense, has still been slowly but surely opening. And one of the things that's been, something that happened to me recently is um, I listen to True Seekers podcast a lot when I'm at work. One of the things that has been sticking out in my mind lately is I keep on hearing the phrase, as above, so below. But ever since I started hearing it, it seems like no matter where I go, I keep on hearing that phrase, and sometimes it feels like someone's whispering it to me, but there's no one around. I keep on hearing, like, as above, so below, as above, so below, as above, so below. So it's like, I've never quite understood. So how, what exactly does that mean? Okay. Great question. <laughs> uh, as above, so below is a phrase from the Hermetic tradition. The Hermetic tradition is a mystical tradition which has its roots in Egypt, in ancient Egypt. Um, its teachings are attributed to a mythical sage called Hermes Trismegistus, who is also known as Thoth. Um, and it became particularly popular in the Renaissance in Italy and then sweeped across Europe. And really, the whole of Western culture has arisen from the, the Renaissance means rebirth. And it's the rebirth of this ancient pagan hermetic knowledge, this ancient wisdom of which as above, so below is part of that. The phrase is partly to do with uh, astrology. 
It's the idea that the stars represent a, a pattern for our lives and that there's a correspondence between what happens in the stars and what happens on Earth. And that, but that also has a mystical resonance as well, because the heavens, which are literally the stars, that's why we say the kingdom of heaven, because they're referring to the stars, in, it, it, which is, you know, you've got to think in the ancient world or up, everyone up until quite recently, that's what you could look at when you walked out your door was this huge canopy of stars. So it's the idea that there is a, another uh, dimension, another world, a world of soul, which we're, as we said earlier, we're all experiencing a non-material world where you're understanding the meaning of these words in the non-material world now is the idea that that is the other realm and that what's happening in that has an, it affects what's happening in this and that you need to bring the two of them into harmony with each other so that as above, so below, and also as above, uh, as above, uh, as below, so above. But you're it really, you're taking the higher and bringing it into life. That's, there's a lot of meanings to it actually, because it's quite a big body of work, but those are two that, that feel relevant right now. Yeah, in the Bible as well, um, Jesus says, on earth as it is in heaven. There you the go. same meaning. Um, it's, and it also says that we're seated in the heavenly places with Christ. And so that's, that, that's actually referring to the stars and our solar body or us you know, being up there and, and being down here at the same time. One of the things which is really interesting to get that, it's very hard to understand old traditions because you have to, you have to really go back into a different state of mind. So around 2000 years ago and before, they didn't look up at the sky and see what we see. Uh, well, they literally saw what we see, but they didn't interpret it as we do. So what they imagined was a canopy. In the ancient Egyptian tradition, it was Nuit, the goddess Nuit. There was a canopy with little holes in. And each hole was looking through to the treasure house of light, which was God, which was the great beyond, which was the source. And so the teaching was that everyone is a star. You and I are, everyone is a star. And not because we were a big ball of gas, but because each one of us is like a little hole in the canopy beyond which is the one consciousness of God. And, and so in a way, I, I, the reason I love looking at people's eyes, because it feels like when you look in somebody's eyes, you're looking through that canopy. You're looking through the appearances to consciousness itself, looking back. You're going beyond. Hmm, that's very interesting. And uh, like, I was about to say about the eyes, because every time I see that, like someone posts, like posts that as a quote on Facebook, and I'll see it relating to galaxies with like human eyes. So it's like I was always wondering yeah. why those two seem to, co- seem to co- correlate with each other with the, when it came to that phrase. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. It's why one of the, you know, we've been talking in this conversation about these deep awakening events that I run. One of the key things I do with people is I get them to simply to connect soul to soul. And one of the ways I do that is I'll sit them down, I'll play some beautiful music for a few minutes, and I'll just say, look in each other's eyes and see what you experience. Because, you know, if you're relaxed and you're, you're comfortable, what you experience is I'm seeing a face, literally colors and shapes. But what I'm connecting with is something I can't see. I'm looking through the veil and I'm connecting with something beyond the physical. And it's really obvious. And if you look deeply enough, you see that you're looking at being, looking back at you. And there's this suddenly, this incredible oneness. You're just looking in somebody's eyes and the next minute you know there's one of you. And if you do that with a lot of people, and that's what I often do, 
I'll get people to do that with person after person after person in a beautiful environment with some lovely music so you feel really cool and relaxed. Then really the transformation that can happen because you're just looking through the veil. It's like, oh my God, I look through in you. And then there's another one. Oh my God, I look through with you. And you're looking at something. And, and although that's actually happening all the time, it's happening right now. By putting your attention on it, you see the reality of it. And when you see the reality of it, that's when this deep awake state will just open up. The eyes are the window to the soul. It's so true. Isn't it true? Yeah, that's right. The eyes and ears. Well, hey, uh, Hunter, thanks for calling, man. We're going to go ahead and yeah, nice put you on hold, you. brother. All right. Uh, Mr. Freak, what was that book you were talking about earlier that you said you wrote? Uh, the book that's relevant to what we're talking about now is called Deep Awake. And if you, my name is a, such a strange one. If you spell it right, F-R-E-K-E, and you Google me, you'll find my website, and you can read about it there also, of course, on Amazon and everything else. Deep Awake. Um, but there, and my latest one is called Soul Story. So if you're into philosophy, then Soul Story, my latest one, is my major work of philosophy. If you want the one on awakening, then Deep Awake, which was my one before. All right. I'm definitely going to have to put you on my reading list, so... Thank you for letting me go. Good. Well, when you get when when I reach the top of your mail your reading list, be sure to uh, contact me via the website and tell me how you got on or on Facebook. All right, I'll make sure to do that. Thank you again, gentlemen. Thank you, brother. Thanks for calling in, man. All right, blessings and shalom. Shalom, shalom. The the other thing which may be relevant to anyone who's listening to this and thinking, oh. I'd like to know more about what Tim does. I mean, A, there's tons on my website, like I said, timfreak.com. Oh, yeah. I but, was there a while ago. <laughs> tons of stuff on there. Yeah. All your interviews, podcasts, and, all that. But um, I am coming to the States this year twice. I'm going to Symbiosis Festival to run some events in Oregon. Um, so I'm going to be speaking at the festival and doing other stuff. But I'm also hoping to come and run a deep awakening. I'm speaking at the Science and Non-Duality Conference in San Jose, in uh, 8 October, and around that time, I'm hoping to run a Deep Awakening retreat, either in LA or Las Vegas, probably. So the key thing is, if people are touched by this, and they'd like to know, if I, I mean, I could come to right near you. I, you know, I go where I'm invited. I end up in all sorts of places. So sign up to my um, mailing list. Sign up for the newsletter, and you get a newsletter every week or two with just some inspiration, things that will touch you. Uh, but also, if I'm coming to somewhere near you, you can get to hear about it, and maybe we can meet in person. That'd be awesome. You sign all the books as well when people order them, right? I do, yeah. If people, I mean, it's much more expensive from my site because I have to send them from the UK. Exactly. And, you know, you want it cheap, go to Amazon. If yeah. you want a signed copy, come to me, and I'll make sure you get a lovely signed copy. Awesome. Yeah, we got links in the in the description as well about getting on there as well to to do that. So, Great. Tim. Man, thank you so much for coming on, hanging out with me. I've enjoyed it, and uh, it was a beautiful episode, and there was a lot of knowledge that was shared. And I'm I'm sure, if anything, it sparked people's interest in what we're talking about. And there really is so much power in going into that meditative state and just and just experiencing oneness and taking that with you on your day to day, man. Yeah, it's been a delight to speak to you, my friend. I'm very pleased you're doing what you're doing in the world. And uh, it gives me great hope for what's coming when I see what uh, yourself and others in your generation are doing. And it fills me with hope that uh, we can bring about the sort of transformation we need to see, both for the sake of ourselves, our humanity, but also the planet we're, we're inhabiting and the future of our children and their children. Awesome. I agree so much. So thanks so much for coming on. And we will speak again very soon, my brother. 
Blessings. Thank you. Tim Freak, ladies and gentlemen, that was a good episode. And I'm glad that I got to speak with him because I'm telling you, like, there was so many um, distractions. There were so many things going on with my computer. Um, as, as soon as I put this on YouTube, I got a, I got a strike on my channel, man. It's crazy. YouTube is, is insane. YouTube has it out against me. It was nothing in it. I put his image and his name there. And, uh, it said that it went against the community guidelines. We've heard that before. Right. So I'm glad that we're using iTunes and all this other good stuff, Facebook for now. But, um, so that happened. And then as soon as he jumped in the stream for the chat, um, the computer messed up and I couldn't open up. I couldn't access the internet. I couldn't access it through um, Explorer or uh, Google Chrome or nothing. It wouldn't even pull up, man. So I had to restart the computer right when we were supposed to go live. So I thank him so much for his patience and just working with me, but I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we didn't reschedule because there was so much information and knowledge and just inspiration in general for you guys in this episode, even for me, like I, I enjoy picking these people's brains as well because like, the main reason that the podcast was kind of birthed was me researching a lot of work, Jordan Maxwell, Trisha McCannon, some of these people that I, James Gilliland, people I was watching hours and hours and hours of while I was having my awakening. And I wanted to, to have them on. So I was actually able to talk to the people on the podcast and pick their brain about stuff I learned in their presentations or their interviews and kind of go in, you know what I'm saying, the same direction and and ask deeper questions about it. So out of that, stuff was sampled in my music, all these people's names, and I got to interview these people, which which is awesome. So the podcast essentially is an extension of the music. So I, I thank you guys who support and how you guys have gotten here is really cool. Some people have approached a podcast just because they're fans of the people we interview. Some people are listening and watching now because they enjoy my music and, and my music has set them on a path of spirituality and they've undergone levels of awakening from listening to my music and which is so beautiful. And everybody has, you know, this different perspective of what's taking place during these conversations, man. So if anybody has any questions or comments, let me know. Uh, so make sure that you subscribe on iTunes. If you're watching on Facebook or whatever, subscribe on iTunes or on Android. There's a bunch of uh, podcasting apps and we have all that listed in the show notes. Just click on uh, subscribe on um, Android and you'll be able to do that with a cool podcasting app. I like Stitcher. Stitcher is pretty cool. It's free. And so thank you guys for all the support. Everybody who is supporting through Patreon. Um, we're getting a lot more more people uh, subscribing there, becoming a member, and you get extra perks there. Those of you who listen to the music, you get unreleased music. You're going to get extra podcasts. We're going to have all – you get my book. My book is on there for download, PDF. So I'm trying to, you know, get creative and, and add more stuff to that as well. So patreon.com backslash truthseeker. It helps to pay the bills. And essentially, you're partnering with me and my music to create more music music videos, do more podcasts and do them more often because it, it takes money to, to run all this stuff. And uh, thank you guys so much. So if you want to become a member and support what we're doing, join the team, patreon.com backslash truth seeker. I love each and every one of you guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with me, watching this 
interview and uh we will connect and be back very soon shalom shalom peace Goodbye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.